All righty. All right, nice. Perfect. Amazing. All right. All right. All right. We're going to start in three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 21 of Just Slap Podcast. Your host, Stephen Duca, Alex Makatsaria, and joined here by a very, very special guest today. She is the current ranked 187th or so. We're going to redo that. Sorry. Run it back. Run it back. That's right. Run it back. I can't I believe it. I fucking I can't believe I knocked <laughs> off those those last few ranking points. All it's right. Fine. One I'm time. 187 in doubles, so we'll say 178 in singles. That's right. That's <laughs> so right. All right. All right. One, two, three. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 21 of Just Lab Podcast. The pound for pound number one tennis podcast in the game. Joined here by your host, Stephen Duca, Alex Makatsaria, and a very special guest in the building today. She is the 178th current WTA player in the world with a career high of 132. She has wins over players like Naomi Osaka, Taylor Townsend, Jennifer Brady, CeCe Bellis, Sofia Kennan, Donna Vekic, Vera Zonareva, just to name a few. She recently qualified for the 2021 U.S. Open. Um, prior to which she was at UNC for two years where she won the NCAA singles championship her sophomore year and was the number one ranked singles player her freshman year. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Jamie Loeb, thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Jamie. Thank you so much for having me. Wow. That was a mouthful right there. <laughs> I mean, we, I was going to say if I, you know, if I, I just had a little bit here, if we went down through all your achievements, we, we would be here for three hours. So, um, but no, thank you so much for joining. Uh, it's, it's an honor to have you on seriously. Um, I mean, I, we'd really like to get into, you know, before we start kind of get into your background, how you got into tennis. Um, I know a little bit just to, just to preface this episode, um, we actually have something in common, Jamie, is that uh, we both trained at uh, Hard Scrabble uh, under Randy Manny. Um, you, when I first started tennis, you were like already like top of the world. Like you were like the best junior in the state. Like I think you were like top 10 or whatever in the country. Like you were like already there. I'm walking in with my rackets just like, oh. And then Randy's like, oh, like this is this is Jamie Loeb. Like if you don't know her, you should know her. She's like our prime like <laughs> prime player. So literally my first day at hard scrabble, my first day, basically like playing tennis, I knew you, you didn't know me. Uh, now you do. Hi, how are you? Um, <laughs> but, but, um, yeah, no. So let's, let's get into how you started tennis. I know, um, that, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, you are the youngest sibling in your family and tennis is very much a family sport from what I hear. And I've heard that your mom taught herself and then taught you guys. Is this true? Um, so she did teach herself. I don't know why people say that she taught us tennis, taught me tennis. She did not teach me tennis. She's probably in the next room right now hearing this, but she did not teach me tennis. Um, but yeah, she did teach herself. Um, you know, she was very big into tennis. My dad grew up playing baseball, but, um, you know, he went to all my junior matches and would watch me and is so knowledgeable. And I talked to him, you know, about my matches to this day. Um, yes, I'm the youngest of four and, um, you know, my older siblings all played and by the time I was around, you know, I basically had no choice and had a racket in my hand as, as soon as possible. And, um, you know, my brothers had me sitting on the ping pong table before I can even walk and they just feed me, feed me ping pong balls with the paddle and would, you know, already get the, the swings in and uh, in the backyard, 
had a little net and then progressed to the tennis court once I was um, three years old. So I have been playing for 23 years now, which is quite some time, but definitely was influenced um, by my siblings and my parents. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's 23 years is a lot. Uh, has, has, you know, your excitement and your love for the sport changed over the course of the 23 years that you have been playing it? Definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, some days I love it more than others. And as it's been my profession for the past six years, um, you know, it's, it's different than going from, you know, or being in college and juniors where you're playing for fun and the love of the game and then now it's your job and your only source of income and um, the pressure and the travel and everything. So, um, you know, it, it depends, but I'm, I'm still playing. I'm still very passionate. I, I do love it. Um, it's just, it's just different than the, the good old junior days. You definitely, you def Steven and I were talking about this. You definitely see the passion just watching you play. I mean, the intensity that you bring onto court, only a person would, true passion for the sport is able to do that you know it's like it's 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 definitely something um yeah, my my favorite are all the like the like i mean i've been at the US open i've watched you play and even if you're like on court 11 and i'm on like i'm like watching like court 16 i still hear your commands like literally oh, from sure. like the, from that far <laughs> yeah. away you you will hear me a mile away i am feisty i'm competitive i say come on i have done that ever since i was little that's just me um and that's what gets me going and yeah you you know when i'm playing so so you went from okay so you played a hard scrabble and then you also played at john mackinaw's academy right is that is that kind of the, those are the two places you've trained uh if i'm correct me if i'm wrong but yeah i mean i was at a, a few places in between but those are basically the biggest um you know those are like the two places where i grew up and kind of what has those are the places that kind of have made me the player that I am today. Um, I mean, I spent close to close to seven years, I'd say, at a hard scrabble and then like another six or so um, at McEnroe's. And um, yeah, and actually, um, my coach now at the moment, Jay Davichetti, he he's he was my coach when I was eight years old at hard scrabble. And I just started working with him again um, back in New York, but um, in the South Bronx this time. So it's kind of nice to go back to my roots. And, um, you know, he, he he's basically made me the player I am today. And I give him all the credit. That's yeah, amazing. That, that's that's amazing. I mean, can you talk a little bit about that? Because it's almost like coming around full circle, right? So like you going back with your coach that I mean, from what I understand, probably knows your game better than anybody because you started with him when you were very, very young and, and he's seen that progression, you know, the entire way. What what kind of went into that decision for you on going back with uh, with Coach Jay? Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to feel like, you know, I can have that like support because I feel like the past few years I I've been to a couple of different places. I was in Florida for a couple of years and, you know, it, it served its purpose, but my family, my friends, my, you know, the people that I care about the most and that care about me, they're in New York. And I felt that was so important to surround myself with people that really do care about me and want my best interest and people that I really, really trust. And Jay is one of those people, um, you know, he has not only seen me grow on the tennis court, but just as a person. And it's just like really special and awesome to kind of rekindle that again. And he's an amazing coach. And he's always kind of been that mentor for me. And throughout the years like I've always gone to him for advice and um you know it's really special um 
too, because he was there at the U.S. Open this year coaching me. And to have that little run um, was, was really special. And, um, you know, hopefully we can have many more of those. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, you mentioned that U.S. Open run real quickly. Uh, that first round match against Iga, I mean, for people that weren't there and didn't see it, for me, it looked a lot like like the, if you just look at it from the score, you you can't tell of how close that match actually was. Uh, I for me that was like literally a nail biter, and I was rooting for you the entire time. And um, but you are uh, you are that is just like just the beginning, and I'm sure that you are gonna make even more of a big big impact than you already have in the sport. So congratulations on all your accomplishments so far. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, that's close, and I definitely took a lot of positives from that match. So hopefully, I'll carry that into 2022. I'd love to before I mean obviously we're gonna delve into the US Open and things like that, but before we go into that, you know, obviously before you turned pro, you decided to play college um and you chose UNC. Could you could you talk a little bit about like why you chose UNC and why you went the college route in general? Um what was kind of the mindset going into those those two years that that you that you played? Yeah, I definitely, you know, had the opportunity to turn pro and I, I was thinking about it, but I know my parents, they also were like, look, you can't turn down a full college scholarship. And um, just from a de de developmental standpoint, I think I needed to mature a little bit more on and off the court, um, you know, also have a little bit of a social life, but it was just another stepping stone towards my professional career. And I'm so glad I did go to UNC and, you know, part of me wishes I finished and stayed all four years, but I'm actually, I'm going to be graduating next December because I've been taking classes this entire time and I'm going to walk at graduation. Like this is going to wow. happen. Yeah. So that's, that's a big thing for me. But, um, you know, from a tennis standpoint, like I thought, you know, it's the right time for me to go after winning NCAAs and my coaches there basically knew that if I won NCAAs that I would turn pro, but, um, yeah, I'm so grateful, um, for, you know, for them and for the university, like I, I love UNC. People that know me, I have a lot of pride for my school and um, they're so supportive. So talk about support. Um, yeah, that, that's my second family right there. And and so you you were the number one, the first player in program history to be number one in the country ranked. And that was your freshman singles. year, I believe. Singles. Yes. Yeah, um, singles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So you must have been like a celebrity walking around <laughs> I don't know. I mean, unless you're a basketball or football player, um, tennis doesn't get much recognition, but um, hopefully now they do. But um, no, I don't know. I just kind of kept, <laughs> kept, kept it humble, I guess. That, Alex, Alex, that's that, uh, that's that humble hard scrabble beginnings right there coming out because I, well, I, 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 I've, I've heard different. I've heard that you are some sort of a celebrity down there, but well, anyway, what were you going to say, Alex? Say I was going to say at the beginning, I can't believe I'm meeting another, you know, another hardscrabble legend. I mean, this is, <laughs> it's, it's a dream come true for me, you know? <laughs> um, no, but so, and so once you won, I mean, kind of deciding, okay, you say part of you wishes that you stayed the four years, um, you know, looking back at it now, obviously you've been on tour for six years. What are the, what are some of the benefits you think you would have gained having stayed at UNC and finishing, you know, the degree or finishing your experience there. Um, like, look, do you feel like you could have developed certain aspects of your game more there, or is it not nothing to do with tennis? Kind of tennis was like a, a no-brainer, but more a social thing. Kind of what 
uh, what do you mean when you say you wish you, the part of you wishes that you continued? I think socially and just feeling that support, um, cause you know, once you go on tour, it's lonely, it's you're by yourself, like, you know, in school, you have everything, it's very comfortable and, um, you have everything there and just to live a little bit of a normal life because growing up playing juniors, like I sacrificed a lot, had to miss, you know, a lot of birthday parties and events and, um, just to have a sense of normalcy. And I feel like on tour, you don't really experience that. And, you know, being an international sport too, like most of the players didn't even go to school. So um, it's just a different um, different world out there. But I think from the tennis, tennis standpoint, I think I, you know, basically reached my potential. I was there, who knows um, if I would have stayed another year, what would have happened, but um, just to like feel that support and, um, yeah, to be in that nice comfort zone because it's a different animal on tour. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so, you know, you're 20 years old at that point, right? When you made the decision to to go pro, what were some of, uh, what are some of those things that you knew going into it, but what were some of the things that you learned and were quite surprised that, you know, that first year uh, on tour? Um. I, I mean, I, I knew it was going to be tough and it was going to be grind, um, but I guess I just didn't really know how much um, I'd be losing <laughs> week after week because, um, you know, in juniors in college, I've won a lot of matches and um, on tour, unless you're winning the tournament, you are losing every single week. And that was tough for me to take in at first. Um, and I mean, to this day still is, but, you know, you learn to manage it, but I took losses really hard and just recognizing how lonely it is. Um, you know, I did have a coach travel with me for a while, but then when, you know, I started traveling more on my own, it's kind of when I realized like, oh, like it is pretty lonely and you have to, you know, make some tough decisions and sometimes be selfish. And that's sometimes tough for me <laughs> me to do. Um, but yeah, I've learned a lot about myself and how to really grow up fast and you know, it's like a very expensive sport. So budget, um, <laughs> they don't, they don't really teach you that in college. So I, I feel like it's nice that I'm doing school now because I actually can apply a lot of the things I have learned throughout the years to my education. What, like no matter what class I'm taking, like it's really cool. That I can apply that knowledge um, and life experience. Has it been tough balancing? So being on tour and now taking classes as well, trying to finish your degree, has that been like, does that, is that an extra distraction that, that you feel like maybe takes energy away from your ability to kind of put, you know, everything towards your, your tennis or is it, are you able to balance that well, um, you know, regardless? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a combination of both because, of course, when I have exams, I feel like I'm in the middle of a tournament. And then when I have like downtime, like then I don't have, you know, much work to do. So it's like everything comes at once, of course. But um, it's it's good because I, it gives me a good routine. Like I practice, train or play my match and then do my work later on. And it I like keeping myself active and I really like to learn. So it gives me something to do. And um, even though yes, I have to plan a little bit more and spend a little bit more time and energy off the court. I think it's just good for me. And um, it just gives me something to do and something to work for. That's awesome. No, that's amazing. And so, so then uh, post UNC, you decide to go pro, um, you know, and obviously you've had some incredible wins as, as Stephen has, has very, <laughs> as, as Stephen has pointed out. 
Um, I'd actually, I, I'd love to personally, I mean, I'm just so curious, you know, you're from, you're from New York, um, you're from, from the East and obviously playing a tournament like us open, you must have incredible, I mean, like the, just being in front of a home crowd, um, especially at, at a grand slam, uh, must be something. Uh, do you feel like when you play the, the and clearly, you know, just in this past US open, you've had a yeah, amazing run, you know, you, you qualified, you played Iga, um, What's it like playing? First of all, what's it like for you being from New York playing at the US Open? Do you feel pressure? Do you feel like the support from the home crowd is like lifts you up? What kind of what's what's the mindset when you when you play those matches um, at the US Open? There's a lot of emotions. Um, you know, I tend to get a little overwhelmed and, um, you know, it's, it's a lot. Um, but at the same time, it's awesome, you know, playing in front of your home crowd and um just having that support and um you know also just seeing people i haven't seen in years and just like the messages it means so much and just like seeing you know how people in the community like are following still and really appreciate what i'm doing out there because sometimes i don't really see you know i guess the impact that i have on other people and um it's really cool to see that but you know i think in recent years, I've tried to, you know, look at it in a positive and not put too much pressure on myself this year. Honestly, I think it was better that there's no fans during qualifying this year. And then, um, you know, <laughs> I, I think I was just like able to settle in a little bit more. But um, then, you know, playing on grandstand against Ego is an incredible environment and definitely felt the support and the love. And I, I, I love to feed off of that. So, yeah, it, it just brings a lot of emotions. But, you know, I try to look at the positives. Yeah, and also one of the positives is the fact that Steven is usually on that court screaming his head <laughs> off. Uh, uh, when you played Iga, I was screaming at my TV. Um, actually, another time about me screaming at the TV while you're playing was uh, uh, when you played uh, Wozniacki um, all the way back when you got that wild card. I mean, I just I didn't even know. I just flicked on the TV and I saw you and I was like, what is going I called everybody. Is- Jamie, I called everybody. I called Randy. I, call- I literally called all the people at like Hard Scrabble. Basically, I called up the entire USDA Eastern <laughs> section. I was like, turn on your TV. Jamie's playing. Like, it was, it, it's crazy. But no, it's, it's, sorry be- to disappoint. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be an amazing feeling. I mean, you know, your home slam, because I feel like being from New York, we, we tend, we do have rowdier crowds. I feel like at the US Open, Australian Open also has it a little bit. Um, and I feel like it's gotta be, it's gotta be a big advantage for sure. Yeah, no, it, it is. Um, <laughs> that, that, that's funny that you called up everyone. <laughs> 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 Thank you. See people like you, like I, I had no idea. That like makes me really happy. <laughs> there you go. Um, so what do you want to say, Alex? No, I was going to say, and, uh, you know, obviously, having played for six years, you played some incredible, you know, some incredible people. Um, what would have been like, I was just going to ask what would have been some of the, your biggest learning experiences? You know, you, you say you, you've taken away a lot these last six years and you're able to apply a lot now that you've kind of had this time. Um, if you can kind of point out a couple examples or a couple times where you feel like you you really got something out of an experience or you learned something or something that developed you not only as a tennis player but also as a person um where you can you know really point to that and be like that is a that is a key moment in my life um Um, honestly i'd say this year this year i've experienced a lot of physical mental emotional 
battles and um, I have learned so much for myself and I feel like I've grown a lot just even in this year. Um, I mean, starting off in January, I, I got COVID in, in Abu Dhabi. Um, not many people actually know about that, but that was just really, really tough. And I was stuck there and felt pretty bad and um, just, you know, it was, it was really scary. And there's a lot of unknowns and then coming out of that and playing again. And then, you know, I was in Europe in June and July and I was pretty miserable with tennis. Like I, I was not enjoying it. I didn't like it. I, I, I don't know. I just felt kind of like nothing out there and um, that's not me. And I was a little concerned because as you know, I'm very passionate and um, you know, I just, I just didn't have that spark and felt very like alone as by myself. I was in the you know process of trying to figure out where I want to train and, you know, just didn't have any answers. And then, um, <laughs> And then out of nowhere, I go and I make the finals of a 125 in Charleston. And um, that kind of came after a tournament in Poland where I had a coach with me there. And he was just like reassuring me. He's like, your tennis is there. Your tennis is there. Just like, go have fun. Like, just go have fun. Go see the city. He was like, just please. He was literally begging me to just like not be on the tennis court when I don't have to. He's like, just go explore. Because he's like, your tennis is there. So for a while, I'm like, is it my tennis? What am I doing wrong? But it was just my overall enjoyment and with like tennis and life. And um, so I kind of found that spark again and then had a great summer. And then, you know, after <laughs> a little after the US Open in um, September, I had a couple injuries. So I've been out for the past few months. But during this time, I've been home in New York and I've just, you know, learned so much about myself. And like, I, I touched on it before, but just like being normal and like having a normal life and that support system and what that looks like and who I want to surround myself with and how that makes a difference for me, not only as a person, but as a tennis player. And it just, it all goes hand in hand. And that's just been the most important thing. And the biggest takeaway for me is like who I'm surrounding myself with and who's going to, you know, bring me up when I'm down and who's going to be there for me at all times and who I really, really trust. And that's why, you know, I've gone back to my roots, even with my trainer who I worked with at McEnroe's. I'm working with him again. And I just finally feel like I have a really good support system and a team that I can rely on. And being close to my family helps as well, because I know they're always going to be there for me. That's amazing. That's awesome. And you know what? We follow you on Instagram. So we get definitely get to see all the work that you've been uh, putting in, in the gym. Anything specifically that you've been focusing on in the off season this year? Um, just getting, you know, my body right and doing a lot more functional fitness. Um, just working on things I really haven't had the time to in the past and just, you know, body positioning and just being more efficient with my movement and, you know, using the right muscles instead of compensating and just, you know, just doing an exercise just to do it, like having purpose. Um, and that's, you know, been huge and my mobility and just um, using that and then translation, translating that onto the court. Um, so it's been, it's been actually really nice to have this time and not feel so rushed that I have to do like a three week preseason. Like I've essentially had a three month preseason and then also I've changed my diet. I'm, now like gluten-free and that's you know helps with my recovery and everything so yeah i've definitely explored explored the body a bit and um you know it's, it's paying off there we go so are we, like, gonna, are we gonna see bigger forehands is that what you're telling me 
<laughs> yeah, we're making gains in the gym. So I don't know if that's now. possible. I don't know if that's possible. I was gonna say you absolutely blast that ball. I mean, <laughs> I, I was gonna say I was like, they're, they're, you know, when when did I'm I'm just curious. Like, when did you start hitting hard? Like, it's so funny because people lately they're like, you're hitting the ball so hard, and I was like, really? Like, I don't know. It just feels like it's the same yeah. for me. I I don't know. I guess you know, once again, throughout the years, like I've gotten stronger and, um, you know, I think that's helped a lot in my development and just, I mean, accelerating <laughs> on my swing. But, um, I think I've always been powerful. It's just at this level, like, I know I'm not going to overpower a lot of the girls. Like I'm five, six, you know, I, I'm not six foot, whatever. So it's like, I have to find, start finding other ways to win matches, but I definitely do have the firepower when I need it. Has there been anything from a, like when it comes to your game from a tactical standpoint that you've been working on, like trying to improve, trying to kind of fill holes? Like what are, what are some specific examples when it comes to your tennis? Um, You know, just being able to neutralize the ball a little bit more. Um, I, I do love coming to the net. So just trusting myself and, um, you know, working on moving forward a bit more and uh, getting more comfortable doing that. Um, but otherwise just, cleaning up, you know, some, some mistakes, but at the end of the day, I am who I am. I'm not going to change my identity as a player. And, um, you know, I'm still going to be aggressive. It's just, you know, adding that variety and, um, you know, trusting it. Amazing. We're still going to, we're still going to see the power and hear the commands. That's, that's it. Oh, <laughs> yes. You're, you're going to hear the commands all the way from Australia to wherever you are right now. <laughs> I love it. There you go. And, and Go ahead, go ahead, Tim. Go ahead. You go. So I was going to say, yes, yeah, so you mentioned Australia. Um, you know, when it comes to your 2022 season, you know, can we get a little outlook? Like what what uh, what tournaments are you going to start off playing? Like, do you have your schedule like jam packed already or are you kind of more open to see what you want to what you want to play? I don't know if you guys want to give me a schedule, please do. I have no <laughs> idea. It's it's a bit of a mess at the moment. Um, honestly, I'm not even sure which tournament I'm playing first. Um, and that's only in like a couple of weeks. Um, mm. But it will be in Australia. There's five events in one week and every single girl signed up for every single event. So I don't know which one I'm playing. But then after that first one, I'll play qualifying in Australia um there's some challengers in the u.s afterwards but hopefully i'll be dominating in australia and can stay over there um but i think you know there's it, it's tough to make a schedule right now um and just have to see where i'm at but be in australia for the first few weeks and then maybe back in the states for some tournaments maybe mexico in february but it's it's so hard to plan. It's not like college where you, you know, you know, your, your season and you know, your schedule. It's like, uh, that's the other tough part is just the stability and the unknowns that I, I, I can't even make a three month schedule, which is tough for someone like me who loves to plan. Right. Do you, do you have any, um, so you're, you're about to go to Australia and do you have any, like in, in, in before you, have like an important tournament or an important match do you have any specific rituals that you kind of go through um something that gives you a sense of consistency and also makes you feel comfortable with the situation that you're in or like the match that you're about to go into something that gives you confidence or makes you feel um you know feel prepared 
I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll talk to my coach like the night before and, you know, the morning of and, you know, I listen to a lot of music before, like right before I play, um, you know, I, you know, the little thing is re-gripping re my rackets like right before. Um, I've been big into journaling this year as well. So just writing down thoughts or just writing down, you know, key things that I want to either focus on during the match or just, you know, just little reminders to bring with me on court. So I have a question. Uh, we talk a lot about like rowdy matches here. Like we've given up a lot of stories from like our, our, our days back in college. And um, so what I want to know from you is I want to know if you can tell me the story about the rowdiest college match that you've ever had. And then the same for uh, the pro tour as well. Rowdy as in like me being intense? Or it could be you. Crowd? It could be the stands. It could be uh, people are talking trash, fights breaking out, literally whatever. doesn't matter. I mean, look, like women's tennis is a little different than men's tennis. Like, <laughs> I don't know. We're not out here like heckling each other. Um, I know the, the men The men could be brutal. Um, that, it was great when they would come watch our matches. But um, Rowdy... Um, I would say, I mean, the most like intense or like one of the most memorable matches in college tennis for me was when we beat Stanford my freshman year to make the finals of NCAAs where I clinched that match. And um, honestly, I couldn't even tell you what was going on around me after that first set because I feel like it was just straight tunnel vision. So like, I feel like people could be screaming at me and I wouldn't even hear it. Like I was in the zone. <laughs> But I just remember there's a lot of people there. Um, and that was just an epic match. So I lost first at 7-6. And then I won 6-0-6-0 to, <laughs> to clinch. And, um, yeah, it was honestly, that it was, I'll even say it myself, like it was pretty legendary. <laughs> and it was against, <laughs> and it, yes. and it was against um, you know, one of my really good friends, Christy Ahn, who, if you does listen to this i'm sorry christy but she heard the story and she she knows it as well but um that that was that was a very memorable match i'm trying to think of any like rowdy college matches but um, no chirps you never chirped your opponents no i mean i give like i'll give you know sometimes like some death stares through my sunglasses or yeah. loud ones <laughs> in their faces but um no i don't i don't really say anything i'll just i'll just yell come on and uh yeah, then they know. <laughs> you, you, so, seem, yeah. you don't seem like the type of person that would let a lot get into your head, though. Like, it seems like you, I feel like with the intensity that you bring and you're, like you said, you're in the zone. So I feel like even if someone were chirping, you know, you'd be like, you just blow it off and just blast a forehand. And that's it. Yeah, yeah, and then I just scream, come on, right in their face. So, <laughs> yeah, like if anyone does anything, like I'll like give them a stare or like, come on or yeah. something. <laughs> I, I, we, I use that. Can, can we talk about the sunglasses for a second? Because literally everybody like, like everybody is like obsessed with your sunglasses. Like you, it's like almost like you're like, you're like a fashion icon with your sunglasses on tour. Like what, what did you always play with sunglasses? Yeah. Oh my God. There's pictures of me when I was eight years old, but I would wear the transit, not the transition ones, but they're like wired glasses. And I would put like the, the tinted lenses in them. Cause I just loved the wired glasses and literally mm -hmm. like the sun would still be coming in. I don't know how I, I don't know why I would still wear them. Um, but yeah, it wasn't until like, honestly, I was like 15 and my coach at the time was like, you need sports 
sunglasses. <laughs> like you can't be wearing these anymore. So yeah, I've been wearing Oakley's um, probably since I was 15. And uh, my eyes are just really sensitive to the sun. And you know what? I would love to like, I don't know, be like get paid to do this because I feel like it's my signature look and you people should. know me. The, at the opening in Switek, I did not wear my sunglasses. And that's when you know when it's cloudy or about to rain or dark outside is when I don't wear my sunglasses because even in England when sometimes it's about to rain I'll still be wearing them because there's like a little bit of sun sunlight coming in um but yeah and that that's that's my look um I I wouldn't say I'd, I love it but it's I can't play without them essentially um we, we love it we think it looks great I, I I think you should. I mean, I I think you should just wear it for the look, regardless of the sun. That's like I that's think, your thing, I think you know. You make your own brand. I think you should make like a, your own sunglasses brand, and then I start, would, I know? would love to. I I would love to look. I'm always trying to find ways to brand myself and um you know put myself out there, and that's definitely something I would love to do. I mean, I love sunglasses in general. I mean, the amount of pairs of sunglasses I have are ridiculous, and um so yeah if you know anybody that wants to collab or wants to you know help me design sunglasses i would for sure do it all right alex alex will make some calls <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's it <laughs> well we know I, I we were doing a bit of research and i know you've studied you're studying communications right but you also had an interesting you were interested in marketing like that so maybe this is meant to be you know this is like uh yeah. this is you know this is <laughs> this, this is meant to be so um, but no, that's, that's awesome. So what's, so in terms of when you're going into, cause you said you were dealing with a couple of injuries just now, uh, the last couple of months post US open, uh, do you, are you fully recovered going into Australia? Do you, are you going to be, you know, are you, have you been able to build back into full form or do you still have a little bit of time to go before, before Australia? How, how are you looking? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty close. Like I'll, I have a little bit of time still. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've been progressing really well and, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely been a journey and I've been learning a lot about my body and myself the entire time, but, um, you know, I'm just, just going to take it kind of day by day, match by match. And, um, you know, just kind of be happy that I'm back on court and work my way into it and just, you know, yeah, be happy. Um, out there but at the same time gonna still compete still be you know feisty out there and giving it everything but i should be good to go for australia we got to get more chirps out of you jamie i'm being serious we got to get you're like like you're like you're still you're so stone cold and you're like you know what i mean but like we got to get we got to get some more chirps you know like we got to get some like some trash talk and so give me give me something i mean if we're crying out loud like you, I mean, you, I, I can, like, I'll, like, rap Cardi B in someone's face. Like, that's, like, the extent of my trash talking. Or if, like, someone were to cross me. Or, honestly, being in New York for this long, like, my road rage has gotten even worse, especially driving in the South Bronx. So, like, you don't really want to hear the things that I say in the car. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it comes out. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Do you, um, uh, I was going to ask, in terms of uh, um oh gosh i just i had a question and i completely forgot it i have a question cv sorry my bad i yeah, I, I, I had I, one but i'll remember it i have a question so if you weren't playing tennis like if you you know didn't start tennis like what do you think you'd be doing right now because like you like it's it's kind of crazy like everybody who steps on a tennis court at least when they're young and they you know they love the sport they like they dream about playing tennis but i feel like 
few people actually like get to be like a professional player and do it like as a job for a living. So if you weren't a tennis player, what do you think you'd be doing right now? So you're saying like if I didn't play tennis at yeah, all? At all. At all. Um, it's funny because when I was younger, I always wanted to be an English teacher. Um, very random, but I think I really like, you know, I, I think my English teacher had like a big impact on me apparently. And I, I remember I wanted to be an English teacher. So there's that. Um, I also, it's just so weird, but I've always wanted to like do a choreographed dance. Like I would want to like, I don't, it's so random, but I would love to just like kill a dance. And I don't know, maybe, maybe dancing is in my, in my next life, but like, <laughs> yeah. This is the, this is the inner, inner Cardi B fan coming out here. I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. like what type of choreographed dance? Like, is it like a, like, like a, just any, any type? Like you just want to choreograph a dance? Cause I feel like, I mean, that's still, I feel like that's still in the books. You can no, still do that. Like, like hip hop. Like if I were to be on it, like any sort of show, it'd be dancing with the stars. Like I would love to okay. be like on that show. Not saying I would be amazing, but like, that's one thing. I don't know why, but I, I find this like inner confidence with, and I just, I don't care what other people think. And I just do me. So yeah. One extreme, we have an English teacher and then I don't dancing know. With stars. <laughs> yeah, dancing with the stars. <laughs> We have a range. <laughs> yes. right. I, I, but I was going to ask you, you know, you talked about, we talked about readiness in, in college and, you know, you're saying women's tennis is a little bit different to the men's, at least in, in when it comes to college, uh, college sports. What about the tour? I mean, is there any, have you found the tour? Is it like cutthroat? Is it maybe it's, there isn't so much that goes on court, but is there stuff that goes off, that goes on off court that you kind of have noticed or have had to deal with over the course of the last six years? Yeah. I mean, I think in general, like it's kind of stereotypical guys and girls, like, you know, girls play a match and if there's some drama, like they take it off court or it becomes personal mm -hmm. where guys like, you know, after like, okay, let's get a beer. Um, so I feel like it's a little bit more cutthroat on the women's side than the men's side. And as far as like overall, like talent, um, level, like I think on the women's side, you know, anyone can be anyone and, you know, everyone strikes the ball really well and just kind of comes down to the key moments and, um, you know, the experience and the players that can handle that pressure. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, I mean, you saw Emma Raducanu, like, come from qualifying wins the U.S. Open and like it just shows you that it's wide open um I think now more than ever and you know I think it's on the men's side yes there's definitely um you know depth and I feel like you know you see some of the younger guys coming up but on the women's side especially I feel like it's you know up for grabs yeah so Australia is yours then that's what you're telling me exactly Amazing. like yep. I'm winning Australia we're there you go it now <laughs> If you if you won Australia, <laughs> this we would take a clip of this and we'd be <laughs> just we'll and then we'd great. start the sunglasses brand and then that's yeah. it, and then that's it. Yeah. Perfect. That's Done. it. Done. Amazing. Let's plan. make us all rich. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for joining us. We know you're really busy, so we don't want to take too much of your time. Um, but um, but thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it, um, ladies and gentlemen. This is this is why you got to subscribe. This is why you got to hit the like button so we can get more real deal guests like Jamie on the show. 
um maybe the other ones won't be as nice as jamie but um but uh yeah stay healthy stay happy and as always just slap take care Thanks, guys. all right jamie thank you so much